a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to me. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your financial questions. And boy, this week we've got three very different questions. We have a, can I retire question? We have a, where should I retire question? And then finally, an overseas question. That's right. That's what we're doing this week on uh, the Pete the Planner show. Uh, if you want to uh, have your question answered, please email me, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. Uh, so, Nicole, what do you think? Where do you want to go first? International question, where to retire or can I retire? What do you want first? Let's go international question first. International question. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Here's the thing with this question. Okay. It's either a brilliant uh, <laughs> fake question from someone messing with me. Oh no. Or it's a legitimate question. Oh, I'm really excited. All right. And I feel like I have to use names to, to, because it, it sort of legitimizes things. Yeah. Are you ready? I, as ready as I'll ever be. I don't <laughs> want to use his full name though. Just use a fake name. <clears throat> Good afternoon, Peter. Oh, Why so would you call me Peter? So formal. My name is Shane Von something. I'm not going to give his full name. And I am an 18-year-old student about to enter my undergraduate degree in piano performance at the Amsterdam Conservatory in the Netherlands. Oh. You like this thus far? Oh, I was going to say right off the bat, we're already like, we're already in business. This is good. Yeah. Uh, this morning, my stepfather put your article, early discipline can lead to long-term financial success on the kitchen table for me to read as I ate breakfast. Indeed, my interest and drive for financial success and investing is now even more intense than when I first learned about the possibilities of the stock market and compound interest. I'm gonna pause this here. Yeah. I will say this, the first time you fully hear of and take the time to understand compound interest, I, I, I dare you to not feel the same as he feels. It's impossible to not feel that way. Right. And I keep having to keep in mind, too, that the young man writing this is 18 years old. He's 18 years old. He's 18. 18 years old. You know what I was thinking about when I was 18 year old, 18 years old? Football and girls. You know yeah. what I think about now? Fish and girls. Fishing, not girls. I'm a, well, married for 18 years. Women. And I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm excited to start now and go invest $2,500 into the stock market before I leave for my studies in late August. But I'm a little concerned about your comments on investing percentages of my paycheck immediately when I graduate at 22. The reason for my concern is due to the fact that I want to continue my schooling all the way up to my PhD. In this case, a full-time job is almost impossible uh, during uh, this time, especially if I'm working both as a student and as a classical concert pianist. Oh, oh my gosh. College, I think this is a real email. I do too. There's just way too many details for it not to be. Is it condescending that I think this is a sweet email? Like, is that? No, because he's... He seems really genuine and nice. I was just going to say, his tone is very genuine, so you can tell that he's not trying to, like, get somewhere with this. College debt is not a worry for me, as my current enrollment in Amsterdam is exceptionally low compared 
to universities in the United States, around $5,000 a year. And if accepted, of course, my master's at Yale would be free due to a full tuition scholarship and a living stipend given to all Yale School of Music students, as well as my doctoral degrees at Juilliard. <laughs> Safe to say he's got a couple things figured out. I feel out. like this guy should have emailed a better show. You know, but like, I, but I'm touched that he emailed. Us. I love to be. I, I mean, love I love it. that I'm a part of this, and I I can answer his question. He just seems classier than me. Right. It's a little. Are we worthy? Yeah. I will pursue a, a concertizing career. Sure. In <laughs> classical music, but naturally hope to end up teaching at a university level. I don't really ever hope to retire, but instead purchase a villa in the Tuscany region of Italy and begin a summer program where I will take in students each year for intensive work in the field. God. Eat, pray, love. Me too. I was just going to say, you know, they tell you to find what you love and let it kill you. Yeah. Right? Would you be able to give any recommendations as how I can both remain financially stable, but also invest the money, uh, considering the amount of school I hope to do, in the right ways that will lead me to the most amount of financial success possible? I look forward to your response. Sincerely, Shane. Man. Oh. I like this guy. You know what? And this is a terrible way to answer the question, but anyone that thinks this way at 18, they'll be fine. Right. They're going to be fine. Nothing I can tell this person is going to improve their lot in life because they, they're they a good thinker. Uh, here's the reality of the situation. Yeah, put the $2,500 away right now. Uh, and, and let's say that $2,500 that he puts away at age 18, by the time he is of retirement age in the States, which we'll say mid-60s, right. will easily be worth 80000 bucks. Uh, with compound interest, right? So oh, absolutely. 2,500 bucks he's putting away now, I feel very confident in saying will be worth in excess of 80,000, potentially $100,000, just that one move to put away 2,500. So the key is, how do you continue to create wealth and create uh, assets, uh, growing assets, when you're going through so much school? I don't know how long grad school is for uh, being a pianist. <laughs> or how much uh, grad school is to get your PhD as a, a pianist? Can't, can't say that I know. Uh, so I'm gonna say four years of undergrad, I'm gonna say three years of, of graduate pianist, yes. and then I would say at least two years yeah. to get your PhD in pianist, Denise? That, yeah. that sounds like a good estimate. So what's that? Like, uh, I'm not good at math, that's what, seven, uh, nine years? He, yes. Nine years. So he's 18, he'd be 27. I'll be honest. Just wait till you're 27. Right? I was going to say, you're gonna, he's making good decisions now. Whatever he decides to do, inevitably, he will continue to make those good decisions. Yeah, and That's there, kind of obvious. There's some really important information that he provided to us that's it's worth noting. Uh, he's not going to have a lot of graduate school debt or loans. So he's going to be, potentially, he's going to have a PhD at 27 with, with close to no debt and already money that has been set aside, which is probably already doubled at that point in time. If he puts away 2,500 bucks this summer, over the next nine years, that 2,500 would turn into 5,000. That's the nature of compounding. It can, can really double every nine years or so when properly invested at around 8% rate of return. So, uh, I mean, I, I, basically, just get aggressive when he starts teaching. I mean, yeah. you know, I talk about in that, that column, if I, if I remember correctly, Apparently, do you feel like he lives in the United States or do you feel like he lives overseas? I don't know. It, he makes it sound like he lives in the United States just know. for the way that he compares it to you, the U.S., but also, I don't, I don't know. No one knows for sure. That's kind of the cool nature of this email. So I, I think, 
I, I don't know what a concert pianist or even a university professor or whatever makes. Uh, I, I would just say, by all means, whatever money you're making as a concert pianist right now, try to save 10% of it if you can until you graduate and get your PhD. And then when you're teaching, you know, aggressively save 20% of your take-home pay. You know, sometimes we throw around these rules of thumb of how much you should save and that. And, you know, if you save 10% of your income, you should stay out of trouble, you should be okay. The reality is if you save 20% of your income or more, you will be ridiculously wealthy. Right. You, 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 just, you just will. And so it's like, well, what's the right percentage? Well, let that be your guide. 10%, you're gonna be okay. Okay. 20%, <laughs> things are gonna be great. Things are gonna be absolutely phenomenal. But I'll say this. I know at 18, when you try to think about financial stability, very quickly you confuse financial stability and being filthy rich. Right, that, those lines mesh very quickly. They do. So Especially at that age. I think some maturity and some perspective will, will separate those two elements because they're very separate. Uh, as we will talk in the next segment, oh. we have a person who has created a, a great deal of wealth. However, not a great deal of stability. Uh, so you can have stability without wealth, and you can have wealth without stability. Your goal is to figure out why they're different and to approach both. That might be the best tease I've ever performed in 10 years of professional broadcasting. And with that note, <laughs> we will take a break. Coming up after the break, I'm going to introduce you to a person who has great wealth, but no stability. We're going to try to figure out why that is and how that person can fix it. This is the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, answering your money questions. As always, if you want your money question answered, it costs you nothing except email. I don't know if you pay for your email. If you do, you're getting ripped off. Email me, askpete at petetheplanner.com. Askpete at petetheplanner.com. This next question came directly from the email inbox. It was such a good question. It became this week's USA Today column that I wrote, and you can read in several other papers. I don't even know the names of the papers. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if this seems uh, rude or like I'm trying to be cool that I don't. I, there are several of them. I know the Indianapolis Star is involved. The Bergen Record, maybe? Thanks for reading. Uh, all right, this question, I'm not gonna give the guy's name, but I believe he is in South Carolina, okay? Uh, Pete, I always like the, by the way, I'm breaking from the email. Uh, I always like the first sentence of an email. It tells me what the person is thinking. I mean, outside of the, the copious amounts of compliments that are extended my way. Uh, are you ready, Nicole, for the very first sentence that lets me know a lot what's happening here? I am. Pete, my wife doesn't work outside the home, period. 
Oh. Do you see where this is going? That escalated quickly. It does. But you know what? It does. The, the next sentence tells us a little <laughs> bit more about that. Let's dive in. It, 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 you know. You know. I'm 75 years of age. Ah. It, she is 65. Uh, second marriage for each of us. Also uh, interesting to note, I appreciate it. It actually helps me. I enjoy my work, but would like to be able to retire and have that choice. I earn between three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars in commission-only sales per year. <gasps> and he's not retired. We have adequate insurance to cover our debt in case of my death. We have about four hundred thousand dollars in debt, mm. mostly in a home equity loan, with mostly interest-only monthly payments. Do you understand? So basically what we've got yeah. so far, catching everybody up, uh, they own their home outright, but then took out a home equity loan of $400,000 and aren't paying back the principal. They're just paying the interest on that loan. Mm. Our net worth, which is mostly in stocks and income producing real estate, is about $2 million. So what is our problem? No budget ever. We need about $15,000 per month before taxes just to maintain our lifestyle. We really do not know what all our actual expenses are, and it is solely up to me to cover these expenses. And it concerns me greatly that if my health were to deteriorate and I could not work, how we could maintain our lifestyle without divesting of our assets. Neither my wife or I are very frugal, and that is why we need help and do not know where to start. My wife does not seem too concerned, and probably will not be as long as I continue to provide sufficient funds to maintain her and my lifestyle. Any suggestions as to where to start? And then the person's name. Oh. So as I said before the break, this is a perfect example of someone with means with no stability. Yes. Right. That's why money and stability, copious amounts of money and stability are very different concepts. As I shared with this gentleman, uh, Southern gentleman, in my email back to him, um, he believed the lie. The lie, the great American retirement lie is you can retire when you have a lot of money. And that's just not true. Because by almost anyone's standard, this person not only has a lot of money, but has access to a lot more money than that on a regular basis. Right. I mean, I would say, you know, uh, if we say that this person's income has been in that range for, uh, you choose, what, six years? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. He's, he's made $2.5 million over the last six years and has $2 million in assets. Now, since it says it's a second marriage, so we can start guessing around and say, well, maybe he got his wealth cut in half after the first marriage ended. We don't know. Not the point. But it, it's arguable. I mean. It's a detail. Right? Yeah. So here, here's the issue with something like this. Um. I think, and I have to guess a lot when I get these questions. I have to guess a lot. And here's my guess. He never set a retirement age because he uh, is so good at making money. Right. This is a person that solves problems with their financial problems with his skillful nature at work. He is a very successful salesperson. Mm -hmm. However, being successful at your job, which even generates copious amounts of money, does not make you a financial success. No. They, they are very different concepts. So what he has done, instead of saying, I will retire on this day, uh, literally a month, day, and year, he has said, I'll just keep making money. You know? Uh, right. So it, 
he was just already being trying to be proactive in the sense of thinking, well, I'll just have money that and that'll take care of whatever problems will just arise. Yeah. So he was trying to solve non-financial problems with money. And when that happens, your non-financial problems, which appear to be financial problems, get worse. So right. what my recommendation to him is now here on this fine radio program, fine seems a bit subjective. Nah. <laughs> um, and into the, what I wrote to him in whatever paper he reads this in uh, was, was this. He needs to pick a day. And, and based on the numbers he sent us, the day needs to be two years from now. Right. So we're recording this uh, episode July 5th, 2018. He's 75 years old. But someone who's 75 making 400 grand a year in commission-only income, that dude is alive and well. Well. Doing well, dog. Right? So yeah. at, I, I think he didn't say anything about slowing down. He just sort of wants to think about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think if he waits until July 5th, let's say he retires on 4th of July and he just pretends like the whole country's throwing him a retirement party. I like that. You know, two years from now. Uh, let's say he does that. He's 77, and he will give himself two years to put the pressure on. Here's the thing about this guy. He's an amazing planner yeah. because he gets a sales quota every year, and he hits it, right? He, yeah, that, the planning issue is not an issue. No, it's just he has got a self-control problem. What he needs to find in the next two years is self-control. And the best way for him to achieve the self-control is to, of course, to dig into his budget. He doesn't know where to start. There's a second marriage involved. There's his, his younger wife's feelings. And yes, the, the younger uh, age matters in, in this standpoint. So here's yeah. what I instructed him to do. Old school four marker budget. Yep. He has to grab four markers, four different colors, and he needs to grab his bank statements. And what he needs to do is that with the one marker, he needs to figure out, did he start the month with more money or did he end the month with more money? Is he having a surplus or a shortage, right? Is he spending more than he makes or making more than he spends? So he needs to establish that he is surplusing money every month and he needs to do that for 24 months in a row. If he doesn't, if he, if he realizes he's not, he needs to get to a place where he is. Number two thing mm -hmm. he needs to do is he needs to, uh, with the second marker, highlight the income amounts that come into his account. He's also 75, Nicole, which means he's already getting Social Security, which means that freaks me out because he's already increased his lifestyle by the increased income of Social Security, which is going to make this even harder. But he also has to understand when he highlights his income each month that that number will be coming down mm -hmm. 24 months from now. Number three, he needs, this is the tough one. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's two hard ones to go. Number the third marker, he needs to highlight all of his fixed living expenses. Uh, interest-only payment on the mortgage, cars, all these sorts of things. Fixed, fixed. utilities, things, not variable things, uh -uh. fixed. Now, the fourth marker is not the variable things of which you're thinking. More importantly, it is the one category of spending which occurs the most frequently. Find the category that you spend the most money on and then highlight all of those expenditures. Not the most money, I should say, the, with the most frequency, Yes. right? I mean, I don't care if he spends the most money in it, but if he goes to CVS or Walgreens every day, that's 30 <laughs> expenditures. So that, that's what we want highlighted. And where he needs to get to work is understanding his habits and his frequency within those. Mm -hmm. If he digs into that, I mean, he, he has a chance. Now, I, I do believe it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks, 
but he has a shot because he is good at making money and he just needs ends to meet. Coming up after the break, uh, we're going to talk about where a person should retire. That is next on the Pete the Planner Show. I am Pete the Planner. Hi, I'm internet podcaster Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Answering your money questions. That's what we do. What we do. If you want to email me your questions, please do. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Our next question comes to a lady uh, from uh, Naptown, Indianapolis. All right. She starts her email, Pete the Planner, like not Dear Pete or Dear Peter or Dear Pete the Planner, just Pete the Planner. Very direct. I and my husband, my husband and I, who will retire as as a professor at a local university in August next year uh, at the age of 80. Okay, let me me decipher this. Hold on. I and my husband who will retire as a professor at the university in August next year at the age of 80. Oh, okay, so the, the husband is the one who was in a positive. The husband is the one who will be 80 in August next year. Whew. Next August, 2019, he's retiring. Okay, are you good? Yep. They own, our, they own their home. Yep. Have very little debt and still save some of our income. That's this good. is good. 80, retiring at 80. I know. Our move to Indianapolis 15 years ago wasn't supposed to be permanent. But when our daughter moved here with uh, with some kids, we remain... I'm trying to make it a little bit anonymous so we don't like out people who these people are. Yes. Uh, we remain to help uh, raise uh, her kids. Uh, soon this became our last place to live. Then uh, our daughter, uh, the only family east of the Mississippi, moved to Florida. <laughs> okay? Now, we're healthy, but we're getting older. Now we have a year to decide where we should live. The choices are, number one, remain in Indianapolis. Okay. Number two, move to Seattle, where we've got more family. Number three, move to Denver, uh, where they have more family. Or number four, move to Florida. Problems with each are the following. Number one, uh, in Indianapolis, friends say they will help but I believe only family will carry the burden of help when needed. Uh, Yeah. It's kind of hard to argue against that. Right? Right. And she's calling her shot right now. I mean, I'm trying to think of my best friends in the world. I'm putting my top best five friends in my head right now. And if like it came down to it and we're, we're both elderly, am I helping them? I mean, you want to support them, but I think when you're talking about elder care help, I might not be in a position to help them. Right. Physically, mentally. That's a that's a big commitment that is almost impossible to deliver on. So I agree with their assessment of the problems with remaining here. Right. And I like that she's aware of that as well. Totally. Right? Yeah. Number two, which was move to Seattle. 
the cost of living is very high. You know, you're exactly right. I was going to say she's not wrong. It could it couldn't be much different than Indianapolis from that uh, perspective. One of my best friends, who was just on my list, just moved out there, uh, and they had to move pretty far outside the city to make it an affordable move. Um, anyway, number three, which was to go to Denver, the cost of living is really high there as well, and the weather is similar to Indiana from a snow and cold standpoint. And if you're like me, the second you land, the oxygen deprivation gives you a headache. <laughs> yeah. I'm often known to have the qualities of an 80-year-old. Oh, right? Yeah. A lot of people who know me are like, that guy is 80. When in fact, I'm 40. Surprise. Number four, uh, which was go to Florida, the cost of living is high, uh, higher than here. Okay, so here, here are the four choices. Indianapolis, Seattle, Denver, and Florida. Big state. Uh, and, and here are the bad things with them. No family in Indy. Cost of living is very high in Seattle. Cost of living is high in Denver. And the weather's not much better than Indy. Number four, the cost of living is higher than here. Okay. I'm leaning to a move to Florida where the weather is better and uh, where I have family. My husband is willing to move, but doesn't want to fight. Here's the other thing. It's, it's possible at age 80, he just doesn't want to argue. Yeah. Who can blame him? I've already tapped out with that. Uh, but doesn't want to finance another loan for a home. I get that. Yeah. No if the sale of our house doesn't cover the cost of a new place. Last week, your article advised that one shouldn't worry about paying off a house loan as that is money not working for you. What is your advice in this situation? So she read my column on why I hate 15-year mortgages. And by the way, I love 15-year mortgages. The column was just trying to find things I don't like about them. It was a little bit of a trick. It fooled some people. But here's the thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to take like an asset, right. like savings account or investment accounts and pay off their debts. I want them to use their income to pay off debts. The challenge becomes when you go to retire, uh, which means you don't have active work income, then you force yourself to earn uh, more money off of your investments or your pension or social security in order to pay that mortgage payment. Right. They currently are not paying a mortgage payment. Uh -uh. So that would be a bit of a culture shock to go down to a place that's a little higher cost of living and then add on a mortgage payment. But I'll say this. Yeah. I don't know any numbers. Like, so, I mean, this person could very easily have a pension, could be a couple pensions involved, social security, I mean, they're 80, so they're already taking social security. I don't know what sort of assets they have. Uh, they did say we have little debt and still have saved some of our income. That, when uh, said that way, doesn't yeah. sound like there's a lot, unless uh -uh. they're just really Midwestern underplaying it. But they only mid moved to the Midwest 15 years ago, so I don't know if full Indiana has sunk in and they're underplaying their hand. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's so fair. Um, so what would they advise? What 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 would I advise in their situation? Here's what I'm going to try to do, Nicole. I'm going to try to take away all my own personal biases of the cities and places. Like Florida, keep it. Like I, I don't wanna go to Florida ever. Uh -uh. No offense, Florida, but like this week in Indianapolis has been brutally awful weather. Just so hot that my eyebrows are just like, just shave us. Just shave us. I don't wanna be part of this Spare world. Us just let us go. Us. Uh, it's been so hot, I can't do it. I can't do it. So Florida, like these are, I'm, I'm getting my personal biases out. I would never go to Florida. Even on vacation. Uh, Seattle, amazing place. Amazing place. Here's the issue. Uh, 
It's really expensive, really, really expensive. It rains a lot, which I don't mind. Uh, Denver, I get altitude sickness really easily. A bunch of people are smoking pot everywhere. They're run into you. No, I don't care about that either way. I just wanted to seem like an old guy. <laughs> um, not my thing, but whatever. Uh, yeah, Denver, uh, expensive and altitude, not gonna work for me. But the best answer to your question here is Florida. Yeah. I think by the time I'm 80, I won't care about Florida because my circulation will be bad. So I'll be like, that's where we're going. I think the answer is Florida. I think if they can get to Florida, because they have family down there, mm -hmm. the cost of living, depending on where they're moving, isn't that much higher. Um, and, and they can make it work. But I would say there's some, there's some risk in uh, a budget shock when you go to not having a mortgage to having a mortgage if they cannot use the proceeds of their current home to buy one down there. I would also give a fair warning here that a person like this may be tempted to move into a condo retirement type community, which is, which is fine. But just know, even if you're able to do that without taking on a mortgage, the monthly fees to live in a place like that can, can mimic a mortgage mm -hmm. and create that same shock to their budget. So I'm going with Florida. Nicole, would you pick a different city than Florida? No, I'd go with Florida too. I think it's the yeah. fact that even though the cost of living might be a little bit higher there, the fact that they have family down there makes the most sense. Totally. And in comparison to Denver and Seattle, because what a spike that that would be to go from an Indiana, you know, a Midwestern type of cost of living to that. That it, would just shock their budget. There is a 0% chance by the time that I'm 80, I have family members that still like me. <laughs> There's no way. Like, I'll ask my kids when I get home tonight. So let's see. Well, I was 31 when I had my daughter. So she would be 49 Right? Is that the math right? 49. I, yeah, yeah. When I'm 80. There's no way she's going to like me. And her kids, if she has any in that age, they won't like me either. I'm only getting grumpier. <sighs> All right. If you have a question, please email me that question. It's askpete at petetheplanner.com. Askpete at petetheplanner.com. Coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week. And more right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted, find myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, I'm your host, Peter Nicholas Dunn. Uh, on this segment, we explore the biggest waste of money of the week. You know, coming off the 4th of July, I am tempted for like the 10th year in a row to say fireworks. Because I hate them. They're dumb. They're loud. They're messy. I got into our office here. We have a business deck, as you might know. Our offices, our studios. And there's firework sh shrapnel all over our business deck. New word. And I got to clean it up. What's the new word? The, the what, uh, however, shrapnel? Yeah. Business shrapnel. Yeah, there you go. 
anyway, so <laughs> fireworks are the, the long-standing biggest waste of money ever. And yeah, I am a fuddy-duddy. But I got two other biggest waste of money of the week. The worst one is called a bivy stick satellite communication device. <laughs> what? Give your phone global service range with the bivy stick satellite communication device. Designed for adventurers and other frequently off the grid, it connects via Bluetooth and lets you send and receive texts, share your location, track your path, send out an SOS in case of an emergency, and access weather forecasts. It also has a 6,000 uh, milliamp hour. Oh, I had to look that up. Hold on, stand by, getting back to it. Uh, battery inside, so it can keep your phone juiced up for a few days before they'll both need of a charge. It's a, it's a Kickstarter item, and it's $259. Now, here's the thing. I realize that is a steal for being connected to the, the grid when you're out in the middle of nowhere. $259 for this amazing safety device. Yeah. Right? I was going to say, people, like, this. the Kickstarter is fully funded, too, and then some. But... Here's my issue. <laughs> being off the grid means being off the grid. Right, I agree. If I want to go hiking in something like that, I want the chance to die with no one rescuing me. Right. That's like, where you go. Like when I go to music festivals, me and my special friend love going off the grid because we're just there and present and not having our phones. Sure, your moms are like, I hope they post. I hope yeah. they post. But you're not supposed to no. because you're supposed to be off the grid. We, we throw them a post just so they know we're alive. Now, I, I went on an alpine mountaineering trip with my father when I was 20 <laughs> years old. I was just 20 years ago, 20 year anniversary. We climbed Mount Baker. And by, well, I think it's like 10th. Let's look it up. Mount Baker. Let's see how uh, mm. Baker. It is uh, 10,781 feet. Uh, it is in... Uh, the Cascade Range in the North Cascades, uh, Whatcom County, Washington State. Okay. When I say I climbed, what I mean is my father dragged me up the mountain because of my altitude sickness. Right? Like I had altitude sickness at about 9,000 feet. Ugh. So my dad grabbed me under my arm and dragged me to the top of this mountain so we could get a picture at the top of the mountain. It looks like weekend at Bernie's. Nothing f- like father-son bonding. Yeah, so we're at the top of this mountain. Someone takes her picture. I look like Bernie Lomax. I'm just like <laughs> conked out. Still alive, <laughs> barely breathing. We go down 1,781 feet to this like 9,000. That's my secret juice level. Because yeah. at 9,000, I can function. And then I like snap back to life like Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future when, <laughs> when you know this younger version of his dad kissed his mom. Oh. So needless to say... I really enjoyed the experience of feeling like I was going to die at the top of Mount Baker. I really did. Uh, I met a nice man named Peter, who oh. was an uh, investment banker in New York, who sent me salami in the wow. mail. That's a good friend to have. Uh, it was a great trip. And I almost could have died. And I, I don't want to take away that joy from others. Heaven forbid. The other biggest waste of money of the week. Now, this one, I can say there's 0% reason for anyone to buy this. The Shinola Runwell Turntable, assembled in Detroit using mostly American-sourced parts. Most, wh- why even tout it? It's like, it's, it's 87% organic. Well, it's the 13% that's the going to kill me. right. Oh. Mostly American. Oh, okay, that's fine. Oh. It's either American or it's not. I'm mostly pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Shinola Runwell turntable is a belt-driven deck combining plug-and-play simplicity with a high-quality oak wood build. Did I catch Aaliyah laughing? Yes. I feel like I never make our intern Aaliyah laugh. You did and I did. Aaliyah, you never laugh. I laugh sometimes. I think I mainly like shake my head. Well, it's like a. I mean, I realize they're dad jokes, and I'm you know four four times your age and these things. Because I'm 80 you're and not, 20. I think you're the, almost the exact... I think you're like the exact age of my dad. See? I so mean, do you laugh at his jokes? No, because he makes fun of me. So they're not something to laugh at. Well, I don't want to bully you. We can't have workplace violence. You know what I mean? So we can't do that. Oh, boy. Developed in collaboration with VPI, it has a hefty aluminum platter and tone arm built by MDI of Lakewood, New Jersey. Its wooden base is finished in black or natural with either... Oh, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a record player. Yeah. Okay? It's a record player for the people not listening. With either black or rose gold accents, respectively. Respectively. The integrated phono preamp lets you hook it straight up to the most modern receivers and powered speakers. And the factory installed Ortofon 2M blue cartridge sounds great with both 33 and a third and 45 vinyl. It's an industry term. You have to know it. Finished with a matching leather platter mat. Uh, it's 2,500 bucks. Yeah. Like, honestly. That's intense. That's really dumb. I know some people are like, uh, vinyl just sounds better. Great. I cannot imagine that spending $2,500 on that makes any sense. See, no, here's the thing. Vinyl sounds just as great on a $20 record player as it does this $2,500 record player. And I know nothing about of what I'm about to speak. Right. Which I shouldn't have to say, because if you listen to the show before... They know. That is always true. It's always true. Okay. We're good for it. Now, here's where we're going. Yes. I'm pretty sure other record players have an out. Yes. Right? So it's like you play it, and then you plug in to a speaker of some sort. Yeah. And then that speaker or amplifier projects the sound. Right. So why do you need a $2,500 turntable? I'm sure the little needle thing arm is fancy. Because it's like everything else. Like, because you can have a $2,500 record player means that one should exist. Okay, let's say I went into an Urban Outfitters. Yeah. Okay, and I was going to buy like a, a, a ironic message tee for the lady friend, <laughs> my wife. But I wouldn't buy it there. But let's say I did. Yes. Uh, and I wanted, I wanted to you know, get something else for myself, I could get myself a turntable. Yep. Do you realize that you can get a turntable, a clear LED light-up turntable, which is sold out, so I can't see the price. Son of a gun, that backfired. I bet, like, what, 100 bucks? I don't know. I'm trying to find, but then this one's got Bluetooth. $169. I was going to say, I had a roommate in college. She impulse bought a record player from Urban Outfitters, and it was like $100. Yeah, this is 169 and it comes with speakers. Yeah, hers came with speakers, and it was pink, and it was a whole thing. Look, I've never been accused of being a, an audiophile, but I can tell you this. $2,500 for a record player is this week's unequivocal biggest waste of money of the week. You can make an argument that the bivy stick makes sense. You just can Although I, I love the risk of dying. Speaking of risk of dying, um, can I tell you I am captivated by the, uh, the Thai soccer team story? What is this? I saw you tweet about it earlier. Okay, so this, I'm going to butcher it. There's okay, like that's okay. 15, 12-year-old kids and a coach who's 24 uh-huh. that went spelunking. Oh, yeah. Cave yeah. searching. Yep. After their soccer match and got stranded in this cave because it filled up because it's typhoon season. 
and oh. they're stuck at this place they can't get out. They may not be able to get out of this cave. This is not a joke. What? For three to four months. What? It's the most intense. And so, by the way, I wish they would have had a bivy stick because it took us a while to find it. So, like, are they going to bring them food and supplies? They, they brought them food and supplies, but it's such a complicated scuba dive to reach them. They have to train them, get them nourished and back to health, or oh just leave God. them there till November. It's captivating. <sighs> I mean, these kids, I mean, it's, it's, please read up on it, Nicole. I will. That's your assignment for yep. this week. Thank you. Uh, that's all we have time for this week on the Pete the Planner Show. I encourage you to be part of the show. Just a small part. Just send me an email. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. I might read it on the air. And if you do, you get nothing other than the answer. Or I might write about it in my column. Please subscribe to PeteThePlanner.tv. Go to the web address, PeteThePlanner.tv. Subscribe, and you can watch all of the tomfoolery there. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. This is for information purposes only. Not necessarily financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love, fly as a dove, released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T., word to John Tesh, let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason, uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings, from a far away land, I am the soul controller, put the remote down, and let me take control, you're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself, love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole. Event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?